Hello, and welcome back to Bible Braced. Hello. Hello there. <laughs> Hello there, yonder. <laughs> We're excited to get back in the Word today, and I have to tell you, I have been super stoked at how God, through some great difficulties in my life right now, through a lot of pressure, a lot of unknowns <laughs> that... Um, I've been wrestling with and having to continue to bring back to him. I've been so thankful for the very near and present presence and love and support of God and that he is excited when we go through hardship. I think we see that in scripture, that that heart of his to be with those who are brokenhearted, who are contrite in spirit, to be with, to dwell with the lowly, with the meek. He yearns to be someone we are relying on in hardship and that we are getting our joy and our strength and our peace and our love and our sense of who we are, our belonging. It all comes from him and hard times push us to him more than anything else, I think. And so there can be such sweetness in the midst of hardship. And I'm so thankful for that. And there have been, as I've asked you guys before for prayer with my job situation, like, and continue to ask you for prayer regarding that, there have been some developments, not um, all of them positive ones, and I'm definitely waiting on God's timing for what that looks like um, as far as an, a transition in that career maybe or, or something that, um, you know, whatever he wants. I'm trying to be very open-handed about this, and I really want to make sure that as I walk by faith and as I leave that job or stay in it for a season or whatever that looks like, whatever God wills, that I am doing that in a way that honors him and brings him glory and magnifies God to the unsaved people I work with. And I hope that that is your heart and the places you're working and you're living. And I hope that that is something as a, as a community of believers that we continue to be mindful of is that we have a mission field around us and our next door neighbor and our babysitter and our dog walker, you know, and our, and our lady who checks out groceries at the grocery store and, um, you know, the person that we meet at the park every day, the person that we sit next to in a cubicle, you <laughs> the know, the guy who just randomly knocked on your door. So yeah. Like, the guy who randomly came up to my door just now before, <laughs> while we were recording. Do you have a garage next door? I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> what a weird conversation. But, <laughs> but, you know, we had an opportunity there. I don't know that we took advantage of it, but we did have an opportunity there. And like, sometimes God brings people out of the blue into your life. And that's what I've been trying to remind myself is like, hey, this hardship one, it's not really even that hard when you consider the scheme of things, you know, like I'm not facing the death penalty. I've not been tortured. You know, I don't know how I'm going to feed my family tomorrow or whatever. It's not hard in the scheme of life. It's difficult in my life. It's difficult in my circle, you know, for looking around at other people and what they're struggling with. It's difficult with what I would like to have in the future. But God knows all these things and he's in control and he could end the situation. I know he can. He has the power to do that. The fact that he's not ending it proves that this is creating in me more. Um, this is creating in this is making me more like Jesus and that through this, God is glorified. It's bringing about my good. It's bringing about God's glory and we can trust him for that. And so suffering, I think, is just layers of submission, you know finding other idols of your heart that you're holding on to with white knuckles that God's saying, no, you don't get to keep that either. 
give everything to me. And sometimes it's continuing to resubmit the same things. And sometimes it's resubmitting at deeper and deeper levels. Sometimes you are amazed to find that you've been an idolater in ways that you didn't even know and that you've been holding on to these idols for a long time, very, very deep down. And God wants them out. He wants to reign supreme on the throne of your heart. And so praise him for the hardships, praise him for the difficult times, because God loves those he chastens as a father disciplines the son that he adores. And that is a beautiful passage. So that is not in our show notes today, is it? It is two verses away. Emily just we- grinned and started laughing. And I was like, oh, no. Once you done again, it again. We are reading the script accidentally. So, hey, praise the Lord for that. Isn't it cool how the themes of our life are coinciding with what we're studying in Scripture? That's not a coincidence. God is alive and well, and he loves us, and he wants us to grow and to learn from these things. So I hope you guys are not frustrated by me sharing very openly about my struggles I'm going through and how you can pray for me <laughs> because, hey, I pray for you, so don't be selfish. <laughs> yeah, that's me. really mean of you guys to not want to hear about Katie's <laughs> You guys life. are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> but also, you know, I was, I was sharing with a really good friend of mine recently. I was like, you know, sometimes I don't know how to balance that at times where I'm like, I don't want to share so much that people are kind of inundated with, you know, this is what's going on in my life. But I think it's better to do that than to not share enough because the faith of everyone is grown by watching you walk through hardship. And when you're open and honest, and as the scripture tells us, you know, we live in community, we live in unity. We weep with those who weep. We rejoice with those who rejoice. We don't do that unless we know what's going on, unless they're sharing those things Mm -hmm. with us. And it just makes everyone so much more excited when you see how God is going to work this situation out. And they see you growing through it. They see they are able to pray for and encourage you to step in and be the hands and feet of Jesus as necessary. And so that is something I've become passionate about is sharing as I'm going through the hardship, not just sharing at the end of it when there's a resolution. Mm-hmm. Because... I want you guys to see God glorified through this too. And he will be, no matter what the outcome is, he will be glorified in this. So praise the Lord for that. And so all that to say, I have no reason to be from a human standpoint, but I am filled with the joy of the Lord today. (laughs) I'm so thankful for how God is working. And that is obviously a spiritual benediction because circumstances would not dictate that I be joyful right now. And so I'm very thankful for how God works and um, very, very thankful for the sustaining grace and love and care of God. And that rolls us right into the love of God. That is our theme today. That is our Neat. doctrine today. Yeah. So if you want a sneak peek of what's going to happen in Katie's life in the next few months, just look ahead at the doctrine notes because it all coincides. <laughs> it really does somehow. <laughs> that What are we studying next week? <laughs> uh, actually, this is the end of the attributes of God. So This is the end of theology proper? No, it's not the end of the attributes of god which is a sub topic i was like that's ridiculous you proper yeah <laughs> remember 20 episodes ago when we started <laughs> the attributes of god before that we had talked about well we had our interview with joe nerica before that so that was 20 episodes ago we need to visit them again but before that we were talking about the trinity and before that we talked about the existence of god so so love is the last mm-hmm. attribute of god we're covering but then we're not done with theology proper no uh oh Next after that is the decrees of God. If we follow the, if we follow the uh, structure set by my Dr. Cole, my Dr. Cole, he's not mine, but you know, 
I was taught by him, so my teacher. Um, <laughs> but we don't and have we to necessarily get into that. Well, and we've That's actually been prayerful about that, about what we might step into next. We've talked about that a little bit on the podcast that we might be, we're going through a series right now in our women's small group at church where we're talking about women in ministry in the Bible, like what the roles God has designed for us in creation, in community, in church, in the home, and then how do we use that role to build redemptive relationships? How do we disciple effectively as women? So it could be that we roll that out. Um, We need to pray about that and kind of see what our next direction of the podcast is. But just because we're wrapping up the attributes doesn't mean we're done by any stretch of the imagination. No, we will never be done. No. (laughs) We might still be doing this in the millennium because there's just so much to cover. (laughs) I was going to say, are there podcasts? I don't know. Is there internet (laughs) in the millennium? In a perfect world, people won't won't have to listen to us. So probably not. That's right. Bless Although, you know, we will be a lot wiser then. So that helps. (laughs) I just can't wait for the future when we actually know something. Yeah. Yeah, it's all good, right? And I think that that's going to be really exciting to get into whatever the next topic is, because the attributes of God have been so sweet and so rich to just really sit in and dwell in. That's why some of them have been more than one episode. And I don't know that we're going to get through love in one episode. We'll see, because love is It's an ambitious goal, but we can try. But we'll see, you know, and I think love as we're getting ready for the Christmas season is just kind of a neat focus as we talk about the attributes yeah, of God. Yeah, it is. We could also do a Thanksgiving episode. Ooh. We should do a Christmas-themed episode where we discuss Christmassy things. Christmassy things? That would be a we really good it. idea. Well, I'm excited about getting into the love of God and all the different kinds of love. Stay tuned. We'll see what ends up happening today. For another exciting adventure in Bible Braced. Yeah. So let's start our dive into doctrine music, and Emily, you will take it away. So last week, we talked about God's hatred, and I didn't really want to end on that note, so I made sure we didn't talk about that as the last attribute that we discussed, (laughs) because it's not like that gets the last word by any means, but um, so yeah, this week we are going to look into his love. So a couple of questions to start off with. What does god's love mean Mm. what does his love look like i think um actually i'm just going to go ahead and quote ryrie because this is going perfectly into what charles wanted to say charles Ryrie. i don't remember his middle initial charles c oh you're right it's right here okay um so the way he defines it and i liked how he says this says like many christian terms love is more often discussed than defined Hmm. even the dictionary offers little help (laughs) Love consists of affection and also of correction. Babies are cuddled and corrected, and both are true expressions of parental love. Jumping down, love seeks good for the object loved. Hmm. So that's kind of like a neat little saying to to remember. Love seeks good for the object loved. So the next definition I have is from Berrickman. We can't leave him out, bless his soul. God's love is an affection that moves him to provide for the well-being of humans, regardless of their personal merit, worth, or spiritual state. Hmm. That's nice. That's a good benefit of being a child of God. I love the idea of him providing for our needs. I think that's just so sweet because it's true. Because he's our father. Yeah, but we just don't really think about that often of like God tasked with the survival of mankind on the planet. But he is, and that's why we're still alive. We've talked before about how he holds everything together, and he does that. That's like the bare minimum of what we need is to be held together, right? But then he also provides things like 
weather for us to be able to grow food. And he gives us an earth that can grow food and he gives us food and, you know, the, the capability for all of this stuff. It's very easy to lose sight of that when we're just, you know, day to day working or focusing on what we bring to the table, but really who gives you the ability to work, who gives you the resources and all of that. It's God. So we're going to look into first John four, eight. Um, just as a quick verse to start us off, it says, The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So, um, one note, I think it was Barrickman had this note. Oh, maybe it was Charles Riding. I'm not sure. One of them, sorry guys, <laughs> one of them. So they don't care. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they don't either. But one of them was discussing how um, I think it's um, some. I can't remember exactly what it was. I think it was the Christian scientists. They say that love is God, I think. It was something weird like that. So huh. they're basically glorifying love to the point where it's like deity. It's a deity so it's like yeah. as long as you love, then you're good essentially. But it's like, well, no, that's not how you get to heaven. Like we yeah. need Jesus. <laughs> and uh God is love, but it's not the other way around. Right. So. Exactly. It's it's who he is. Love is not God. You know, I think that's Love is a God in our culture. Yeah. <laughs> People's <laughs> idea of what love is. Yeah, is God, absolutely. Sure. And the I think that's just an, another opportunity for us to have an idol of our heart is when we really value love and put it higher than God mm-hmm. in our day to day. So it's interesting. Yeah, whether that's here. like with relationships or, mm-hmm. you know, people's view of you, people appreciating you, all that. Yep. Could I don't have to be obedient to God's word because I'm not being loved. Is a, like something wrong, I a lot Katie? In counseling, <laughs> yeah, it is wrong. Thank you for edifying and yeah. exhorting me. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> I hear that like it's not that's not what people are saying because they obviously know that's wrong. But when you dig down to look at root issues, not the fruit issues that are sometimes mm-hmm. subjective and hard to pin pinpoint, but the root of the issue, like what are you holding on to with a white knuckle? that prevents you from trusting God about the situation or from being obedient to what God has revealed in his word about the situation. Like, what are you not willing to let go? And I think a lot of times being loved and having love in our life is so important to us that we will compromise in ways we never would have thought possible Mm. to obtain what we crave in that regard. And at the end of the day, nothing you taste on earth regarding affection or love or romantic relationship or whatever nothing is going to give you what you really are craving which is the love of god Mm -hmm. and that's why relationship with him is the only thing that satisfies and we're still not fully satisfied because we're not with him just like we've talked about in our podcast before these tastes of heaven that we have in a healthy marriage relationship and a healthy parent-child relationship and a healthy dating relationship you know these things that we look at in friendships and in family and this connection this community this love this affection this belonging these are good things but they're tastes of heaven even the best examples on earth are just tastes of what's coming even the most vibrant walk with the lord is just a taste of what it's going to be like to be in his presence and to be with him and so there there are ways in which we will never be satisfied fully on earth mm. So we shouldn't be looking for earthly solutions to that craving in our heart. And don't be surprised when you don't get that on earth either. Yeah, because it's not going to happen. There's always kind of a part of us that understands that we're not there yet. And so we're disappointed when, Mm. you know, after you open all your presents, oh, man, I'm not satisfied at a heart level with my life, (laughs) even with all these presents. Or, you know, for, for those of us who are married, like, 
maybe you're expecting your marriage to fill that gap for you mm-hmm. but it's like oh turns out like that's still you know yeah. you still want the lord you still need god and that yeah. you know a husband could never replace god mm-hmm. a husband even if he worships the ground you walk on is not going to satisfy that yeah. that ache for the lord and that's okay he's not supposed to yep and that's so that's wrong the for you to it. expect that of him because he's mortal and he can't satisfy your spiritual need mm-hmm. at that level. Absolutely. And that's why so many women, I think, when they're single, they yearn for love and marriage. When they get married, they yearn for children. You know, when they have children, they yearn for more children or a bigger house or nicer things or whatever because it's never enough, right? Like we just keep throwing, stuffing things down that hole thinking, mm-hmm. okay, maybe this will help me feel satisfied. No, like these are all good things but they're not the end all of your existence as a human. You were existed for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. You, you were created for the glory of God. And God expects you, God desires to have a relationship with you. And he loves you. And that's your soul crying out for that connection and that love and that unconditional, surrendering, self-sacrificial, like radical love. It's it's God's love that you want. Absolutely. Because, I mean, Emily, let me ask you. You and Max have a very good marriage, aside Praise from the, the fact Lord. that Max slurps his soup. <laughs> We're praying for him about that. But Bless his heart. It's just such a hard that, trial. <laughs> besides that, you guys have a really good marriage. Yes, that's the one, the one glaring issue. <laughs> and I love Max, and he's hilarious, and he's my little brother. But... You guys, I can still say with sobriety, he's a good husband, and mm-hmm. you guys have a good marriage, and I'm thankful that you have such a good yeah, husband. Praise the Lord. But let me ask you, Emily, are you fully satisfied? Yeah, I don't want anything any, anymore. <laughs> really, you're totally done, right? Stuff. Yeah, another, like all the stuff I used to want. Need I another just... bite. <laughs> Not true. I I joke with Max. I'll be like, Oh, guess what? I found something else I want, and he goes, Oh, joy. <laughs> so, you know, there's always. I always want more. That's just human nature, yeah. baby. It's like, I always want another pair of shoes. I don't care that I just got a new yeah, one. Exactly. I want more. It is and, human uh, nature. And shocker, Emily and Max with a great marriage are not satisfied. <laughs> like, and we're not supposed to be God to each other. I think it's very unhealthy whenever you expect that to be the case. Yep. But praise the Lord. I think, you know, getting good Bible teaching, both of us growing up, and also counseling teaching has been really helpful for that because we we didn't go into marriage expecting it to solve all of our problems mm-hmm. or to mm-hmm. you know accomplish be the fulfillment of every desire we've ever had mm-hmm. in our lives you know and i say that to exaggerate because it's like it's not that people think that out loud but maybe it could be a heart belief deep down inside yeah. and it's just whenever you know where you are before the lord as you grow in the lord and you love him more that's what makes that's what sustains you like whether you're in a concentration camp or you're, you know, the richest person in the world, you know, it's like either one, you, there's both, right? And God's love is the one that sustains you um, because your circumstances just don't, even if you have the best life on earth, you know, somebody out there probably does, (laughs) you know, even they are not happy without the Lord. So, and we are going to remember, we're going to link two different podcast episodes in our show notes um, from, I talk about this podcast a lot from Joyful Journey it is an incredible podcast. It's a ministry out of a church that teaches um, biblical counseling and has training on that every year. We've gone to it multiple times. Love these people. Love what they teach. It's doctrinally sound. And this podcast, Joyful Journey, deals with 
A, Unfulfilled Longings, which is an incredible podcast. And we link it, I think, permanently in our other resources. I think it's always in our show notes. But um, I'm going to make sure that's a little bit higher than it normally would be in the show notes. And I want to link also, um, Joyful Journey did a podcast on the Hesed love of God, which I'm not going to say that right. It's Hebrew word, but they do it on the love of God. And it's an excellent podcast too. And so these are good resources. If you guys are like, I really want to learn more about this topic than what Emily and Katie are covering, like feel free to take advantage of that. And um, in fact, if you're really struggling with unfulfilled longings, pause us, go listen to unfulfilled longings. Oh, it's a really good good podcast. Really, really good. And you can come back to us and finish this later. (laughs) But you know, it's really... I think it's an essential episode for everyone to just kind of get down to basics in their faith and in their walk and to just really repent and surrender things they're holding on to that are causing their discontent, that are causing their bitterness, that are causing them to not have future and a hope in their relationships or in their life. You know, we, at the end of the day, like all of that belonging and and satisfaction comes from God. And so praise God for that. And so it seems like a caveat, but it still is entwined with this idea of God's love for us. And love what covers that looks a lot like. of different stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it, it covers does. a multitude of sins and like a lot of other topics as well. <laughs> <laughs> we actually don't have that verse in this one, but well, we quoted it anyway, so we're yeah, good. <laughs> so we're good. Covered that base. Um, so our next verse is Hebrews twelve six, which Katie, spoiler alert, <laughs> already quoted. Also Proverbs three, I think. I think it's quoting from Proverbs. Oh yeah, 3. I think that is a quote actually. Well, I'll go ahead and read it. Katie's looking it up in her special version. Um, It says, For those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, and he scourges every son whom he receives. This is just getting off of some other verses in in Hebrews 12 that talk about if you are God's child, you will have that discipline from the Lord. Mm -hmm. And it's not pleasant. It even says that. It's like no discipline is joyful for the present time, but it's painful. But what it yields is the peaceable fruit of righteousness, I think is what it says, for those who believe. So, like, it has a good result. And if you, we've said it before, I'm pretty sure, but God spanks his kids because he loves them. Um, It's not to be mean. It's not to um, make you discouraged, but it's to grow you. And the way he does that is different um, throughout your life. But... um, and, and, you know, you could be going through a hard time and maybe it's not the discipline of the Lord. Maybe it's something else. But uh, just know that these trials are in your life for your good. So if you're running from God, then stop running. <laughs> but if you're following the Lord and you're experiencing opposition, then just examine that. You know, pray through that. It could just be God is using it to grow you in some way. And he uses, because he loves us, he works all things together for our yeah. good. That makes everything easier to bear. I mean, if you're going oh, yeah. through a really hard time, remembering that God is sovereign can't is not always helpful if you're not also remembering that he loves you and that there are times of chastening and times of hardship that he brings into our lives or allows in our lives so that we will become more like him and we will grow in a deeper relationship with him. And praise God for that. He doesn't waste hardship. He doesn't waste sorrow. Mm -hmm. And I'm very thankful for that in my life. Mm, Me too. So, so far we are understanding that God's love, first of all, he is love. So you cannot out love God, as Ali Beth Stuckey says. Mm -hmm. If, uh, If the world says something different about what God says, then they're not being more loving. God is being more loving than them. And maybe it doesn't look like it. Um, But God not uh, excusing sin is the loving thing for him to do. He paid for our sin. Um, And he is so holy that um, 
it demanded a blood sacrifice, which he was willing to give. He was willing to pay that for us. Um, so God's love is beautiful. He is love. Second of all, he disciplines those he loves. Mm. So that's what his love looks like. It looks like discipline because it, going back to the definition from above, from Ryrie, it says love seeks good for the object loved. So because he loves us, he disciplines us and trains us. Um, so moving on to the next one, we're going to kind of look at some concepts that fall under the umbrella of love. Um, we talked about grace two episodes ago, so you can go back to that um, for more, um, I guess, elaboration on that if you haven't heard that yet. But Ephesians 2 verses 4 through 8 covers mercy and grace. Um, and Ryrie describes grace as the unmerited favor of God shown to man primarily in the person and work of Jesus Christ. So Jesus is love. Jesus is grace. Um, and so I'll go ahead and read Ephesians 2, 4 through 8. It says, but God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. So mm -hmm. right here we see mercy and love are together. And because, he's, because he has great love for us, he, he's also rich in mercy. And verse 5 says, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Hmm. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. So all of salvation is a huge demonstration of God's love. Like you kind of hear people sometimes say, well, if God is real, I want him to come down and show himself to me. It's like, well, he already came down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like he did that 2000 did years ago. Did you miss that episode? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like, well, he already did show himself to be real. Uh, also, look around, look at yourself. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Use the eyes he gave you. That. Yeah. Well, and I think of, I'm reading through Acts right now, my personal devotions, and I was just reading through, I think it's Acts, it might be 16, 17, where Paul is he's like had to kind of flee a city where there was an uprising because of what they were teaching about Christ. And he waits for the rest of his team in Athens. And as he's waiting, his soul is stirred up in him because he sees all the idols in the city of Athens and how many different belief systems were there and represented. And there's a pillar or a, a marker for the unknown God, even because they mm -hmm. wanted to make sure they touched all their bases. Right. And, and Paul starts to teach there and in the marketplace and they finally pull them into like more of a public area and they're like, you know, defend your beliefs basically. Cause they just love hearing all the different beliefs that people have. And they um, were accepting, it sounds like of like just a lot of different belief systems. And Paul talks about like, he quotes their own philosophers to them, which is kind of interesting, but he talks about how like, you know, in God, we move and we live and move and have our being. And then Paul says like, and you know, God has made it clear to us that he is alive so that we would even like, so that by groping around, we would potentially find him, you know, like this idea mm -hmm. of God setting up the universe, setting up creation, putting people on the planet, all the people that are here are because of God's interaction with his creation. And he then allows us to be able to find him. And he puts you know, it's obvious signs in nature of there being a God, the creation design, the miraculous way that we are in the solar system we're at, where we're at in the solar system, the way the planet's made, you know, the way the moon is a, a part of our 
our gravity, like all these mm-hmm. different functions that have to play together, let alone like what's happening in our bodies at the cellular level, let alone like, you know, that we can procreate and have new generations and like there's animals and vegetables. It's and, like, amazing. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous when you start to really think about it. All the stuff we take for granted, it's all signs of God and his creative mm-hmm. act and his intentional interaction with mankind. And they understood this in the ancient world much better than we do, I think, because they were exposed to creation a lot more frequently than we are. True. You know, we sit in our man-made houses on our devices watching man-made content. It's easier to forget, you know, the power of a hurricane and, you know, watching something grow in a field and the amazement of seeing these little sprouts turn into stalks of grain, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's amazing. And like, they, they understood that at a certain level. Like, Paul didn't have to explain that to them. He just was, like, reminding them of things they already knew. And I think it's kind of a similar idea we see in Acts 17, too, about, like, there are some things about God that we just understand. Like, we are born with that understanding of. Um, but we just try to, to hide it or to hide from it. And, like, Romans 1 says, we suppress the truth and unrighteousness. We try to worship what is created instead of the creator. Yeah. It's very true. We we do tend to focus on the gifts over the giver, unfortunately. But when you look at the heart of the one who gave all of that to us, it's just truly amazing. Again, we're such spoiled little brats. We don't tend to stop and think about what we've been blessed with and what we've been gifted with yeah. or who gave it to us. You know, it's just like, ah, oh, I was clever enough to have been born and <laughs> to do all this stuff for myself. <laughs> I'm a self-made man or a self-made woman. I'm clever like, enough well, to be born in an economy that allowed me to learn and to yeah, work and to make money exactly. to feed my, myself and my family or whatever. Yep. We, yes, we have job. nothing that we have not been given. And I'm sorry if that ruffles up your feathers a little bit, but if you think about it, you can't do anything without oxygen. <laughs> so, yep. And that's a gift from the Lord. So yep. It's just good to, to be humble and to remember that like we need God so much for every single thing. If he withheld his empowering from us for a second, we would be completely decimated. We'd be lost. Mm-hmm. So that's just part of his love for us. And then to think about what he's done for believers, this passage tells us that even when we were dead in our transgressions, he made us alive together with Christ. And he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ. Hmm. So this is like, this is our future, but it's like so sure that it's like past tense, hmm. right? I think that's the the idea of this passage is like, it's like we're already seated with him in the heavenly places with Christ because it's so sure. There's nothing that can touch hmm. that. Nothing hmm. can shake that. And that's our position currently, even though it's not our, like our spiritual or physical presence. It's just right encouraging now. to think about because it's like, maybe you're a loser on earth. Yeah. Some but of us are you're... very successful. <laughs> And that's but, okay. <laughs> and I say that with love because I'm, I'm kind of a loser. <laughs> but, you know, whatever your status is on earth or whatever, in heaven, it is so good. It's so good to be um, God's child. And, like, yeah. whenever you're doing stuff for him, he sees that. He notices that. And he will reward you. So our next topic, subtopic under love, is God's goodness. We've talked about this before too, I believe, but Ryrie defines his go- his goodness as God's benevolent concern for his creatures. Hmm. Um, that's just a beautiful thought too. So we're going to look at Acts 14. Katie almost spoiled it for us, <laughs> but it's a couple chapters behind what she did, so that's good. Uh, it says this passage, it says, I wrote this, sorry. This passage <laughs> is Paul and Barnabas after healing a crippled man. And all the people saw that and they started worshiping them and calling them gods. So that's problematic and so then paul says men why are you doing these things 
We are also men of the same nature as you, and preach the gospel to you that you should turn from these vain things to a living God, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. In the generations gone by, he permitted all the nations to go their own ways. So we see like there's a rebellion here. God's allowing that. And yet he did not leave himself without witness in that he did good and gave you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. So God even shows goodness to those who reject him. Hmm. Um, that's common grace. He that's the rain and the sun shine <laughs> and pour down <laughs> on the just and the unjust. I think it says Matthew. Um, and that's just his goodness. You know, if it would be kind of interesting to see <laughs> what the world would like, look like if we did not have common grace, you know, like mm. only Christians farms would grow or whatever. God doesn't want it that way. So it doesn't happen. But it's just interesting to see like that's God's goodness. He's just benevolent. He's concerned for his creatures, even those who hate him. Mm-hmm. And that's just amazing. That's true love. I think it's neat to see passages in scripture were given to about God's tender care over creation, over even li- like wild animals and livestock. And like he has a heart for what he's created. And um, we saw this a few weeks ago when he was talking to Jonah about like all the cattle that would be that would die if Nineveh was destroyed. And just like that, that was something that was on God's mind regarding these sinful people, you know? That's so interesting. And then we see in Job where he talks to Job about like, hey, are you a part of these creative acts? Are you like Mm -hmm. someone who is in charge of hail and fire from heaven? And like the, the, um, do you like help? I'm trying to think right now of, pa- of some of the passages that are in there, but like, like where he talks about like the, the mountain goats birthing in the mountains yeah, or something. It's like, like nobody sees that. Yeah. He talks about animals I think birthing the in goes. the mountains <laughs> and that like God is there with them while they're having their offspring. And like the idea of like, are you there when the young ones cry out for, hu- for hunger, you mm-hmm. know, like God is providing even for these wild animals, yeah. even for these birds and, and, you know, creatures in the sea. And then like you see in the same way, Jesus talks about that in the new Testament Mm -hmm. about like not even a sparrow falls to the ground that God doesn't know about that. Like that he's keeping tabs on creation. And I just think that's so sweet because like, you know, birds don't have fridges. They don't have deep freezes. They don't have Aldi, you know, they can't just go buy food. And how do they survive in the winter? They're like these little puff balls with two little stick feet. I know. It's like, they have I no would house, die, but they are fine. Yeah, like, <laughs> like God just takes care of his creation. Yeah. He put he gives them the instincts they need to know when they need to travel south or when they can mm-hmm. stay where they're at. Like he yeah. it's incredible how God has built all these systems in place in nature and he shows love for these things that mm-hmm. we don't even think about. You know, we hit a bird or something in our car and like if you're a tender heart, it might be sad about that. I'm sad about that. I'm sad I accidentally hit an animal or something. I think it's really sad. I definitely break for those little suckers. Yeah. <laughs> like some people don't care. There's like, oh it's a bird or whatever. Or like, you know, just like whatever. And it's well, like God cares. Like he loves them. This is yeah. his creation. And he has the same kind of like heart of just love and benediction for these little tiny creatures that we probably don't even know exist and he cares about them and he cares about us and yeah he says how, how much, much more, more so yeah, yeah exactly it's like if he cares about the lily of the field you know it's here today and gone tomorrow essentially he clothes the, he clothes it better than solomon was ever clothed and he yeah. is the, like the richest guy in he the world. makes those flowers more beautiful than even solomon could ever arrange yeah. himself as a arrange himself as a king yeah. that's just sweet to see the character of god and towards his creation he really is good He's, yeah, it's a good way to put it is he's just good. <laughs> so the next topic here is 
his long suffering or patience. Uh, Ryrie says this is self-restraint in the face of provocation. So we're going to look at a couple passages, one from 1 Peter and the second from 2 Peter. Um, it's 1 Peter 3.20 is the first one. So this is jumping in, in the middle of context. So please check out 1 Peter 3 for the rest of that. But it says, Who were once disobedient when the patience of God kept waiting in the days of Noah during the construction of the ark, in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through the water. The next verse is 2 Peter 3.15. It says, and regard the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given him, wrote to you. So here we see that God's love is shown through his patience. He kept waiting to send the flood in Noah's days until the ark was safely constructed. Hmm. Even today, he is patient, resulting in the salvation of more people before the end of the world. Because that second verse we looked at in Second Peter 3 is talking about like the judgment to come essentially and check out those chapters further we don't have, i wish we had time to get into them today but we don't um and that's god's patience because he again he's not willing that any should perish he's giving more time um and how how that all works you know how the how salvation all works we have not been made privy to mm-hmm. and that's okay because we can trust our dad in heaven who loves us yeah Um, we know that he's got that taken care of and we don't need to be concerned so that's just sweet it's sweet to see god's patience with us it's sweet to see him holding off the end of all things until the last person gets saved (laughs) the last person is still not saved yet and once that person is it's going to be so neat to talk to that person, by the way, and just like, wow, you were the last one in all of human history to get wow, saved. What was that imagine? like? It's just so neat. Um, so a good passage for us to look at is, the, to, to end all of this, um, I'm sure you've probably already guessed, is First Corinthians 13. Oh, the love chapter. The love chapter. So we're going to read through, I'm going to just read it through, um, first of all, and then I'm going to try reading it again, um, just a little bit differently. So let's go mm-hmm. ahead. I want to say before you start reading that. Yes. Sorry. That I think it's important for us to really understand that love is defined by God. Mm -hmm. And so when people say, oh, I love turkey sandwiches (laughs) or I love my kids, right? Like we in, in English use one word for love. And that's really the only word we have for that kind Mm of um, affection bordering on like casual like or dislike all the way up to I would die for this person, right? And No, I really love (laughs) turkey sandwiches. (laughs) Toasted turkey sandwiches. (laughs) But like if we if we're talking about biblical love, there are very many different definitions of that in scripture. There's um multiple in Hebrew and there's even more in Greek. And so having that understanding when you read a passage and you see just love on the page, like dig down deeper and understand what the love is being talked about. Mm-hmm. And so, and right now we're seeing a very good example in first Corinthians 13. This is like an example of how God defines love, mm-hmm. how he defines the kind of love you should have for each other and community in the body of Christ, how you should love others because of the love God has given you. So this would be like, I guess probably phileo. It's, a, it's agape. Is it agape? I don't know so, if they all are, but one of the first verse is agape. So that yeah, that makes sense that it would be agape. So this is like the love that that in the Greek um, is being talked about here, and this is defined by this chapter. And so know what 
God's talking about when he talks about his said love in the Old Testament. Study that. Find out what that means. Um, listen to the podcast I'm linking so you can learn more about that. Um, you know, when we talk about agape love in the New Testament or mm-hmm. I'm mean, trying to think of other forms of love. Phileo is one. Storge. Um, I know the... That's all. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like this. There's a... Uh, for romantic eros, love is eros. Uh, that's... Yeah, yeah. Who knows? I can't remember, I can't remember. all the ones right now. Either, I had to but... memorize them like six years ago, but I... I forgot. Well, apparently you didn't memorize them very well. Didn't memorize them very effectively. But, <laughs> but you know, like, know what the love is that you're ta- that you're reading is my point. Like, yeah. dig deep into the word. It's not all the same. And so as we talk about agape love, which is the love you should be having for one another, like the love you should be having in the yeah. church, the, the kind of love that God demonstrates for mankind in general, you know, this idea of agape love, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. There's like a little definition in the in the Strong's Concordance, uh, it says it's affection, it's goodwill, love, benevolence, brotherly love. Mm. So that kind of helps a little bit too. So uh, I'll go ahead and read verses four through seven of First Corinthians thirteen. It says, "Love is patient, love is kind, and is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant. Does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. Is not provoked." does not take into account a wrong suffered, Hmm. does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. So reading this again, this is kind of an exercise that mom did um, with us. Well, first of all, anytime we got in a big argument as kids, I just have so many memories of all of us sitting in the living room (laughs) and quoting all of 1 Corinthians 13, which is a really... A really good practice and uh i don't remember memorizing it i think i just heard it enough times because yeah. my siblings were arguing all the time <laughs> I mean, that we, i memorized it <laughs> there are benefits to public uh exhortation yeah. <laughs> yep oh so, man it's just neat it's it's sweet to think back on that it's a good practice we did go us. through a season where we intentionally memorized it and i think you guys were just pretty we little, were probably just probably. really little and then hearing yeah. you guys say it yeah that's a cool thing too hearing mom recite scripture i have so many Verses of scripture memorized just because mom would say them all the time. Yeah. So mom, well, that's an encouragement for you out there. Exactly. <laughs> Quote scripture. Your kids are listening. They're little sponges. Oh, and they can memorize so fast. Yeah. And they'll tell it back to you. And that's what we would do as kids because we were little cusses. <laughs> what about this, mom? We would be like in the middle of something and we'd be like, are you hoping all and believing all about me right now? <laughs> are you demonstrating oh love for me right now? So this one's for Abby. Uh, <laughs> Whenever I was a little kid. <laughs> Abby would drive me at the walls. We're getting so mad at each other. And she she would say, Emily, you need to respond well, even if I'm not being nice. <laughs> and I would get so mad at her. And I was like, but you're not responding well. Doesn't matter. You need to respond well. And is she right? Yes. She was Should right. She but she that to herself? Oof. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it just frustrated me to no end. Love you, Abby. Anyway, so love. Love is patient. We all grow. We all change oh, by God's grace. Uh, but yeah, it's it, there are negative effects of using scripture like stones to pelt each other when with. little sinners, yeah, but throw the benefit verses of that is, at each other. Like, even in the middle of an argument, yes, it's a good reminder. Like, okay, yeah, I'm not actually <laughs> hoping all and believing all about your motivation right now. I'm assuming your, mo- I'm assuming your motivation and I'm angry at what mm-hmm. I think you're coming from, right? And so... Anyway, yeah. that's just, it's a good passage to memorize with your kids. It's a good passage to memorize yeah. on your own. And then when you're struggling with someone, you know, 
struggling to love them or struggling to forgive them or whatever, pray through this passage and ask oh, God to yeah. give you this heart for that it person. It preaches a sermon just through these few verses. It's it really does. neat. Well, then you can also go through and replace all the words that say love with God. And mm. then it says God is patient. God is kind and is not jealous. God does not brag and is not arrogant, does not act unbecomingly, does not seek his own is not provoked, does not take into account a wrong suffered, does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth, hmm. bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And so obviously this looks a little bit different than how we love because God knows all. Um, he's the only one who has the right to be jealous, really, because um, jealousy is more like, I've heard it described as being between a husband and a wife if one of them is straying. So like, you can't really be jealous for a friend because that's not appropriate, you right. know, because right. you don't own them. But like God has a jealousy for uh, his bride. And so I think that's good to remember. And that's a right jealousy. That's a good jealousy to have. Um, so I just think it's interesting to look through this list to see God's love and to compare, you know, how am I doing? <laughs> am I loving like yeah. God loves? Let's read through that one more time with replacing love with God, um, just to be able to really meditate on that and read it slowly, you know? Yeah. So I'll go ahead and read again. It says, you know, the new version, (laughs) God is patient. God is kind and is not jealous. God does not brag and is not arrogant, does not act unbecomingly, does not seek his own, is not provoked, does not take into account a wrong suffered, does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. That's awesome. I'm so encouraged by, because I mean, obviously we talk about the practical application of these things we're studying frequently and what it means for our lives and practice. But, I mean, really, ultimately, what we're trying to do when we study these things in Scripture is we're trying to learn more about God. And I'm so encouraged when I think about this passage relating to who God is and that we can worship Him for this and we can praise Him for this and thank Him for it, Mm -hmm. that He is patient and that He is kind, that He bears with us, you know, and that He, like, hopes the best for our situation, (laughs) you know, like He's obviously he knows our motivation but like he is able to love us and to invest in us because of who he is and it's just so incredible to think about that and i think that's a really great place for us to end it today where we're just like hey this is who god is and so he calls Mm -hmm. us to love others because of how he first loved us and for us to love him because he first loved us you know we're called to to reflect this back and to reflect this out. And that's done through this power of the spirit. And so beg God for um, understanding about these things, repent as needed, give yourself to the Lord and to his um, work in your life and cooperate with the spirit. And I'm just so encouraged about this topic heading into this season where one, we get to see the love of God demonstrated through reflecting on him coming in the flesh to save Mm. sinful man. But two, like the holidays and this season can be busy. It can be chaotic. It can be hard for people, Um, you know, loving ones who aren't here anymore, missing them. Um, There can be a lot of heartache around this time of the year, even though it's a joyful season. 
you know, there can be financial hardships that come, there are changes in your life that are occurring. This is a good time for us to reflect on the love of God and on who he is and to praise him for that, to thank him for that, to meditate on that as we go about our day-to-day tasks and to ask him to help his love to shine through us so that we can be faithful to share his love with the world Mm. and praise the Lord for that. Amen. Well, guys, I think we're going to wrap it up for today then, but we love you and we are praying for you and praying that as you learn more of God and of how incredible he is, that you will just be able to sit at his feet and you'll be able to accept these things, to believe them, to act on them, that you will be walking in repentance, walking in love, walking in obedience to what God has revealed in his word. And we are praying for a great week for you as you do these things. Bye. (laughs) Bye.